Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I'd like to say you really look great. And I really mean it. God bless you today. If you're a visitor, you're only a visitor one time. We're glad you came to the Lord's house. This is his house, and we come here each Sunday. We come uh, several Sunday nights a week. We come on Wednesday. We come every chance we get. And i just like to say, God bless you. What a treat it is to have you in the morning service. Just a couple of weeks from Christmas, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Even in your billfold, how's that? But God bless you. I just want to say a few moments, take a few moments. and Didn't you just enjoy this excitement this morning? I tell you, there's a new kid on the block, have you noticed? <laughs> I tell you, not only is he a youth pastor, he's a present help in time of need. And I'd just like to pause a moment before we look to the message today and tell you how grateful I am. I'm, I'm, uh, of all the pastors that I know and all the pastors that I've met in my 50, Sherry and I's 52 years of ministry, I don't think anybody is more blessed than Sherry and I are. We have an awesome church family. We have an awesome board. We have awesome leadership in this church. And uh, we're just blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And I want to say from the White House to your house this morning, God bless you. What a treat it is to share with our lives, with your lives, and to be accepted and just to enjoy the journey. How many know we're only passing through this life one time? One time. We'll never have to live tomorrow again. How's that? We'll never have to live Friday night again. How's that? That's not funny to everybody. It's funny to a few of us. I'd just like to say God is so good, and I, I'd just like to you know my heart. Um, many of you have, have shared the 30, 38 years that Sherry and I have served in leadership here at the church. But I'd like to pause and, and begin this morning with a board. I have never been so blessed with men of integrity and men that know the heartbeat of this church like we have today. And months ago, they began to encourage me, find a youth pastor that you can work with that would be a blessing to this church. And, and they were open-hearted before uh, we ever met Jared and Jenny, uh, J.D. and Jaxie, uh, Josie and Gentry. But in the house and ceiling that used to be uh, uh, lived in by our funeral director, <coughs> he's moved on. He hasn't died, he's just moved on. He's changed his residence. And in that house this morning is where our awesome youth pastor and his lovely family live. And uh, he just needs your prayer this morning. Most of you know, uh, it was no, uh, it was no, you just didn't have to guess, but Ronnie and Linda and, and their two sons were nothing but OU fans. Any other thing was a curse word. <laughs> when they left town, uh, they have came back and visited several times, and there's some real anger in their heart. They've even sent threats to people that live in that house. What is that OSU bench doing on the front doorstep of our house? pray there's even been threats of thieving and even painting that that bench i i, I just can't re, i just can't tell you everything that's been sent our way by way of threats so remember our youth pastor and then i'd like to say to all of our of our staff this morning well i just want to pause today and tell you nobody could be blessed any more than your pastor and his wife but for the staff that we have and then we have so many volunteers. You volunteer uh, 
the wrapping was awesome. I'm not a rapper. You can look at all the gifts, and I, I could walk to this gift, this tree today, and I could pick out every gift that I tried to wrap because it's not wrapped with uh, great quality. But I'm not going to show you who they are this morning, where, where I wrapped. But anyhow, but these people are so awesome. They just make fun of you, and they brag on you, and they try to make you're doing a good job when all the time, sometimes my wife follows me, and she rewraps what I wrap just to make me look good. Aren't you glad for Jesus? Aren't you, if you're married, aren't you glad you have a good wife? And if you're here this morning and your wife needs some improvement, well, look in the mirror before you start correcting. And uh, you'll probably come up with the same solution that I come up with every time that I look in the mirror. But God is so good. And as we face this Christmas season, this year of 2016, we live in a world that is, in full, of, is full of turmoil today. We live in a world that's in a transition time, and not everybody is happy about transition time. We're getting ready for a greater transition than a new president, though, uh, in January. One of these days, and I can't tell you when, but I can just tell you the date is very close. There's going to be a sound of a trumpet, and it's going to be heard around this world in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. And I want you to snap your eyelids together and just think for a moment with me. That trumpet will sound quicker than what you can snap your eyelids together. And the Bible says the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Friend, it's going to be more exciting than Christmas time when the trumpet sounds. And we, I don't want us to get lost in the, in the excitement of this world, even though there are exciting days, and I love excitement. I love, I love the tempo this service began this morning. I tell you, I'm a kid at heart, and I love to be excited. But you know what? The greatest excitement is yet to come. And, uh, and I, just want you to, I, want, I just want you to take the time as a Christian and realize no matter what you're facing, we're all facing situations that if we could, we would change. However, everything that knocks on our door isn't changeable in, within our own power. But how many know that God's grace is sufficient? And when I can't change, I need to go fishing, don't I? Yeah. When I can't change the situation, I need to find something else to do other than, than try to change the situation. I need to rest the case in knowing that God's grace is sufficient. And what I can't do, He can. And He will if I will allow Him. How many have ever called on Jesus after you've made a mess out of a, a bigger mess out of a mess? Just me? Everybody stretch your hand toward me this morning say boy our pastor needs prayer <laughs> thank you thank you but anyhow we, we are excited this morning we've got a great family there's a family across the world today that loves the lord there's people in afghanistan this morning they've lost everything how about the country of syria today where even children and spouses have been murdered uh, for useless things that are going on around our world and you know every time i see the clip on television and see the unrest around the world i have to say thank you jesus you allowed me to be born in america you allowed me to have a christian family you allowed me to have a mom and dad that that taught me that prayer changes things that i have an awesome family today that surrounds me that loves on me and cares for me and uh and my church family is the bonus pack to life so god bless you today we want your life to be blessed and I trust when you leave here this morning, you'll say, it's been good to be in God's house. Amen. We're going to continue a message this morning. Uh, I, I did half of it last Sunday morning. And the reason I didn't do it all is because my printer at, at my computer ran out of ink. 
I've been to Walmart three times, and yesterday I wound up with the right cartridge. That's all right. You'll get there one of these days. Don't tell me it goes with the, with the territory, uh, but, but somehow uh, it's all together today. And I just want to talk to you for a few moments about something that we all have the opportunity to do, and that's to be thankful. I'm, I'm not thankful for the heartache that I've gone through, but during the time of heartache, when my heart has been broken, I had a great physician. His name was Jesus, and he was there to not only comfort, but the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, some 800 years before he came to this world, laid in a manger, give birth by a virgin, laid in a manger, 30 years he lived preparing for a three-year ministry, and then he was crucified. And this man who's my best friend, this Jesus of Nazareth, was without sin, and yet he died on the cross for our sins. When I think about the provision he's made, I, I think uh, one, one of the things that, that we can get so lost in due to, due, to the due to the challenge that we're facing is losing the attitude of gratitude. And as a Christian, I always, always want the world to know that I've been to the well. Isaiah says, for, therefore with joy shall you go to the well of salvation, and you can draw until you're completely satisfied. And in that well, I find joy and peace. I go to that well every morning, and I drink the fresh water, the living water re that reflects upon the Spirit of God, that my life can be full with something to give, so with something to share, so with something that will carry me through the difficult times. And in the trial of our faith, the Bible says something about it. And we're going to be talking about these areas this morning. And I'd just like to begin before I read my scripture and tell you, this is God's toolbox that fixes our life. Let me ask you this question. How many are like your pastor? Your life needs fixing quite often. And it's not because of age. It's because of deeds. It's because of lifestyle. It's because of things that we do in life that we need fixing. We need correcting. When our body is going the wrong direction and we call the doctor in the office and we get an appointment, there's something that needs to be adjusted. Our, our body isn't functioning like we know that it should. Maybe there's pain. Maybe there's suffering. Maybe there's a misalignment. Maybe there's just something wrong and you need the right tool to fix this house that you live in. Well, can I tell you, inside this house is the spirit of a living God. And he wants you to know that he's the greatest physician. He's one who's touched by the feeling of our infirmities. And can I tell you this? Just keep looking in the toolbox. He's got the right tool to fix everything in your life if you will allow him to. How many are like your pastor? If you can fix it, you don't want to call on help. How many of you just got to flex that muscle? I did this when I was 16. I don't need any help. And as you fall down the stairs, you pick yourself up and you help that coffee so that it doesn't spill on the carpet. You think, maybe I did need some help. Why would the Bible say that he's a present help in time of need? Because we all need help. With those words, I want to I move to the scripture this morning. I failed to get this to the sound booth. But I want to use two scriptures as our diving board for the message this morning. And I'd like to talk to you about the call of God on all of our life. No matter what age you may be, no matter what denomination you were raised in, if you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, if you've been to the altar of prayer and you've asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, at that moment, if you've prayed that prayer, you meant it with your heart, not only did he forgive you of your sins, but he wrote your name in the book of life. And one day, we're all going to need our 
If we intend to go to heaven and avoid hell, we're going to need our, our name in the book of life. And we don't do that by our own, our own efforts. We do that by obedience to God's word. In Romans 10 and 9, he said, If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. Everybody say that's saved, I'm saved. Everybody that's not saved say, I want to be saved. She's saved. Everybody's saved that's invited Jesus into your life. So with that knowledge, as we face the life, the life that God has given us here on earth, it's important that, that what Thanksgiving does for us, it opens the door for God to do more in our life. It opens the door for the supernatural power of God to flow through our life when we're thankful for the things that God has done for us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, it says, But thanks be unto God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. All of our thanks for the good things that happen to us belongs to the Lord. In, in Psalms, uh, Psalms, I believe it's 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. What are his benefits? He forgives us. He heals us. He redeems us. And he fills our life full of joy. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. May I ask this question this morning, is anybody here that's been lost before besides me? I've told the story before. I don't mind being lost when I'm by myself. I hate to have a witness that says to me, you're lost. <laughs> I do everything in my power. I'm just confessing because we're all family. I do everything in my power to, to prove that they're a false prophet. And in under, you'll never hear the silent prayer that I pray when I've got a witness that says, you're lost. This is my silent prayer. I'm opening my heart's door, and I'm being transparent. Here's what I'm saying. Jesus, if you ever help me, help me not to be lost. I'm sure he sits in the heavenlies, <laughs> and he can say, you've been lost a long time, buddy. I'm just glad that you and I know you're lost. For some reason, sometimes it's our closest companion that says, I think you're lost. I told you you should have turned at that last, last light. Why is it that resistance move in and we want to say, I'm not lost, I'm right. She's wrong, or he's wrong, I'm right. And yet, we all deal with the fact that we are always wanting to win. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, tells us that God not only wants you to win, He wants you to win worse than you want to win. And here's what is in the toolbox to help us know where He stands about our life. Now, thanks be unto God, who always leads us in triumph. Let me ask you a few questions this morning. What does the word victory mean to you? We use the word, now, thanks be unto God, who always gives us a victory. What does victory mean to you? Every time the boys made a touchdown this year, and playing football, I mean, that was a victorious, that was a score. We, we stood to our feet, we said, yeah, that's our team, we're so proud. What does victory mean to you? No matter what we're facing, we all need victory. The Bible declares that we are more than conquerors, so being a conqueror today means that we, we move ahead with victory in our heart, knowing no matter what we may be facing, God wants us to win. What does the word triumph mean? I used that in, in the second verse that I read to you. It means this to me as your shepherd. No matter what I face, 
I'm coming out on top. No matter what I face, I'm coming out on top. You know what? The scoreboard may say different, but I'm going to cultivate an attitude of victory in my life no matter what the situation may be. No matter what I face. No, how do I do that? I believe that what God were, ha, well, God's Word has to say about me is what counts. No matter what life may offer, we, and we all uh, face adversity. The Bible even declares many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. How many, how many, how much does all mean? All, everything, everything, it means everything. Well, listen, when God says I'm the head and not the tail, when God's word says I'm the above and not the beneath, when God's word says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it's very important to get a picture of what God has to say about me in the midst of adversity. In the midst of times when we can make bad decisions, in the midst of time when discouragement can move in, and in the midst of the, of the defeated attitude that the enemy tries to overwhelm us with, we need to know how to retaliate. And we do that with what's in the toolbox, God's Word. And most of all, no matter where we're at in the journey of life, we have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And when he, know, when he sees that we've done wrong, when he sees that we made a, a bad turn, when he sees the shortcomings that we made, he never advertises my shortcomings. Isn't that great? Don't you wish we all had more friends like that? Jesus is that friend that's closer than a brother. He causes me to triumph. He causes me to live in victory no matter what. No matter what's going on. Therefore, I can choose to have an attitude of gratitude because I'm thankful that my best friend is there to endorse my life and give me the strength to face my circumstances. As we think about the thankfulness that God wants us to have as Christians, did you know that the word thankful is in the, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, 150 times? Do you think that God's trying to get the word thankfulness into our hearts in times like this? In the Old Testament, think about it, uh, over 150 times. In the New Testament, the word, the Testament, the word thankful is used 33 times. We are commanded. It's not an option. God wants us to learn to give thanks. He wants, he, if he can just get this uh, a point across to us to say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and you too, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Have you ever heard, have you ever seen anybody run when you said thank you? Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen the, ch the countenance on somebody's face when you said, thank you? I, I have this awesome fun at Walmart, especially if I'm standing behind somebody that I know is not a Christian because uh, they left part of their mind with them, and it wasn't the mind of Christ. And I always walk up, I like to walk up, especially when I know somebody has, is being abused in the, in the checkout line, and I say, uh, Ma'am, how's everybody treating you? Or, sir, how's, every, how's everything going? Is everybody treating you well today? And, uh, and if they, then I'll give them a time, a chance to respond. And then I say this, Ma'am, if you ever are engaged in a battle and you can't win, I want you to have my phone number and I want you to call my wife. I've been married 57 years and she's never lost a battle yet. <laughs> and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And a countenance on the people's face 
It just changes. It says, you know, maybe, he not, maybe he's a real guy too. Maybe he knows what it is to face people that aren't happy. People are finding fault. Instead of, you know, I've just, I've just kind of inventoried my breath. You know, sometimes, sometimes I don't breathe as deeply as I should. Sometimes we just need to take a deep breath and say, thank you, Jesus, for the breath that you've allowed me. And, you know, as we walk the pathway of life, I wanted to look at five principles, providing we have time this morning, that we as Christians can practice in our lives. How many like to practice good practices? How many like to apologize because you didn't? I'm at the right, I'm, with, I'm hanging out with the good people this morning. When you're controlled by the Spirit of God, thanksgiving is the result when you're controlled by God. Can you think of a moment when you weren't controlled by God? Moving on. In Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verse 18 says, Don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And verse 19 says, Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And verse 20, get this, Giving thanks always for all things to God. The Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, in verse 21, I want you to look at this, submitting to one another in the fear of God. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, one of the things that will be evident in our heart is this, you will be filled with joy. Oh, come on. Oh, where's that youth pastor? I need to turn the service to him. He's generating more energy than... I, I love that guy. Look, listen, look, this is what the Bible says. You'll, you'll know that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. The things that will be evident in our life. I want you just to look at this. You may, be a little, you may feel like you're being shortchanged this morning. Forget it. We've all been shortchanged before. But here's the evidence when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Number one, you'll be filled with joy. Number two, you'll enjoy singing, whether you can carry a tune in a bucket or not. And you'll be making melody. You'll be submit, have a submissive spirit. You know, and I know this submissive spirit doesn't come as easy with you as it does with me. Bill and I were wrapping gifts yesterday. Bill and I are a whole lot alike. We're not hard to get along with as long as we have our way. And I was, I was helping him wrap. He said, no, no. Let's get, this, let's get this paper straight. As hard as it was, I submitted to his authority. How many knows anything with two heads is a freak? <laughs> I didn't want him to be a freak, and I sure didn't want to be called one. <laughs> so what did I do? You know, I, I'm telling you, you may think you have a better attitude. Why don't you just try this once in a while, even as hard as it is for people like Bill and me? <laughs> you, if you could only see the smile on JoJo's face. <laughs> I love this. Why don't you just try submitting? Why don't you just try it once? I, I better get back to my notes. I was really thinking about some mischievous things to do. but just it, this, is, this is the evidence that we're vessels filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what? Our lives are just like the fuel tank on the vehicle you drive. We get to running on fumes now and then. And here's what the Bible says. Let a man examine himself. Nobody has to tell me when I'm running on fumes. It, the vehicle tells itself. So uh, look at this. Joy. These are evidence of things. Singing melody, submissive to the Holy Spirit toward one another. 
And we will not be on a high horse always wanting our way. Thing. And this is a message of giving thanks. You know, one thing that really helped me give thanks is one day uh, uh, there was about three people that did it all. And you call for help. And uh, not very many people showed up. I'm telling you, you don't mind get, moving aside and letting other people help you. It's awesome. They might not have the same wrapping paper that you do, but who cares? Who cares? You know, it's not the wrapping paper that counts. I was watching. Boy, you could just get messages watching people wrap gifts. Bill and I, we were wrapping those gifts, you know. I mean, as long as the paper it, uh, come, covered the gift, it was our. And Sherry, bless her heart, she's not going to settle for that. We were, she was wrapping this toy, and it had a lot of thin paper on the top before you got to the cardboard box. She takes a double piece of paper, and she, she shields this part that's not as heavy as a cardboard, and then she wraps the gift. And Bill and I were saying, who cares? <laughs> Did we try to change her? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I did. I'm sorry. I lied to you. She says we both. We'll have a board meeting after this. Back to the notes. What does it say? I hate this. Listen to this. This is my next thought. What does this say in a negative way toward us when we're not filled with Thanksgiving? We then find ourselves controlling our emotions and not allowing the Holy Spirit to place in our life. Maybe the next point will be better. <laughs> Colossians chapter 3, verses 16, 17 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and teaching and admonishing, admonishing, admonishing to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then Ephesians tells us this, the book of Ephesians, when we're filled with the Spirit, thanksgiving is the result. Bottom line, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, oh, we may have evidence the Holy Spirit 20 years ago. How's the fuel gauge showing in our life today? Every day, I have to be refueled. I can't run on yesterday's fumes. I have to be filled. You know why? I can do some crazy things when I'm not filled. I can say stupid things when I'm not filled. But you know, when you're filled with the Spirit, the Lord just has a way of speaking, and you have the ability to respond by saying, okay. Colossians tells us that when we're committed to the Word of God, thanksgiving is the result. So when you're committed to the Word of God, you'll, you will come out a thankful person. Somebody said the Bible is a toolbox that brings out God's plan in our life. And everybody that believes that, say amen. I'm going to talk to you, and I don't want you to lose sight of the points that I'm leaving with you. When we're filled, when we're controlled by the Spirit of God, thanksgiving is result. Who's in control this morning? You or the Holy Spirit. Number two, when you're controlled by the Word of God, thanksgiving is a result. Number three, when you're characterized by the peace of God, thanksgiving is a result. And we support this with Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which you also were called in one body, and to be thankful. 
when a person is characterized by the peace of God, he has because peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit dwells inside the believer's heart. So there's no, if we're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we wear the banner of a Christian, part of the fruit of our life is to have the peace of God and let the peace of God rule, even in the midst of our stormiest day. All through the New Testament, Paul has had this in his writing. He'll be writing along in, in the epistles, and then all at once he will just explode with thanksgiving. And many times it's while he's locked in prison. And let me just take a moment. His prison wasn't like we see at Tologa in Dewey County Jail this morning. His restroom, his living room, his kitchen, and his bathroom was all in one room. And it was usually in a dark dungeon. How could a man living in the, in the places that he lived be exploding with the peace of God and have these explosions of thanksgiving in his heart? when he's in a circumstance like this. Let me ask you this morning, have you ever thought about where we would be today if it hadn't been for what God has done for all of us? Everything we have as a believer has been a result of God's amazing grace. None of us can take the credit for what God has done for us. So when we're controlled by the Spirit of God, thanksgiving is a result. When we're controlled by word, the Word of God, thanksgiving is a result. Uh, is a result. And when we're controlled by the peace of God, thanksgiving is a result. Number four, when you're controlled by constant prayer, thanksgiving is a result. Can I say this? Prayer is not the position that you may take when you pray. Many people kneel when they pray. It's not the position that we position this house in when we pray. It's how we position our heart in the presence of God. It's when we come boldly to the throne of grace, not in a haughty attitude, but in a very humble spirit. And we can say, now thanks be unto God for his unsearchable riches. And he said, we can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And to everything we attempt to do, God wants to cover it with thanksgiving. So I want to again refresh your memory before we go to the, to the next thought, five, the thought number five in the message today. When we're filled with the Spirit of God, thanksgiving is a result. When we're filled with the Word of God, thanksgiving is a result. When we're filled with the peace of God, thanksgiving is a result. When we're constantly in prayer to God, thanksgiving is a result. Number five, when you're concerned with the plan of God. When you're concerned with the plan of God. When you're so concerned with the plan of God that really that's what matters in your life. We all have, we all have our occupation. We all have our duties. We all have our families. We all have our calendar events. But when we're concerned with the plan of God, no matter what we're doing and everything, Thanksgiving will be a result. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, in everything, give thanks. And I'm going to pause there. In everything, no matter what you're going through this morning, learn to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. No matter, what you're, no matter how you feel. You see, feelings are fickle. 
Have you ever felt like you were run, had been run over by an 18-wheeler? Have you ever thought about how long you felt that way before you got up and you laid it aside? It was just your feelings. Have you ever had a bad dream and you woke up and you say, Oh, Jesus, I'm glad that wasn't true. My youngest granddaughter that resides at our house, she kept hugging on me for several days. And one morning she, woke, she came to me and she hugged me and she said, Papa, I've, I've, died that you, I've, I've dreamed that you've died twice in my dream. And I didn't know whether she was excited about the dream or whether she was excited that I was still breathing or not. I wanted to think that, but how do you know when there's a 15-year-old in the house? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. This is really the thought of the message today. In everything, give thanks to God. Do you have children this morning that say, well, why? 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 No matter what you say, they always have this, why? Why? My dad used to say, <laughs> you say that word one more time, I'm going to tell you why not. Why not quit saying that? This will answer questions of some in this building this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Don't forget where this is found. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. Have, has anybody ever walked up to you as a Christian and said, if I could only know God's will for my life? And have you ever, have you ever tried to think, Lord, Where's their background? Where'd they go to school? Who are they married to? Who are their ancestors? It's not about that. God's will concerning their life is wrapped up in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 18. Just start giving thanks. Thanksgiving opens the door of opportunity in your life. Thanksgiving will allow the supernatural to begin to flow, the, flow through your life. And the Bible says, here's what's in the toolbox, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And if you're here this morning and you're asking yourself, what is the will of God for my life? Just start saying, thank you, Jesus. Just start, and mean it with your heart. Don't let it be empty words, but let it be filled with thanksgiving. Lord, I just thank you that I'm breathing, and you I live, move, and have our, my being. And apart from you, I'm nothing. Lord, I'm living in this life. Everything that I do, everything that I enjoy, I'm en I enjoy. And I've often, I've often processed this. We all have friends because of who we are. And then we have another set of friends that are friends because of what we've done. And then we all have another set of friends that uh, aren't friends to us because they heard of what we've done. You didn't think I knew what was going on behind your back. Same thing is going on behind my back. And I've come to this conclusion. It's not what other people say about me that really counts. It's what I believe that they're saying about me. <laughs> That really counts. Boy, it got quiet. Jared, where are you? It's time for some more excitement in the building today. No, listen, listen to me. We're, we're, we're in a real world today. And the summary of the message is God's will concerning our lives this morning. And Thanksgiving is very essential to our lives. Have you ever met anybody who's always tried to figure it out? That's the reason we go to God's toolbox, because there's some challenges in life that we'll never have the answer to. 
But inside, wrapped up in the toolbox is God's Word. In Proverbs chapter 3, uh, Proverbs chapter t 10, Proverbs chapter 3, 5, 6. Let me go back to here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. When you don't know where to turn, which way to turn, what to do, what to, what's going to be the results if I go this way, what's going to be the results, just, just allow the Lord to know, Lord, I just thank you because you're my best friend. You said I could trust in you with all of my heart. My understanding fails me today, so I'm going to acknowledge you. And you said you'd direct my path. You know there's nothing wrong with resting. Resting doesn't mean setting at the green light and reading your phone while there's people behind you honking, though. Don't put Jesus loves me on a bumper sticker if you're guilty of that. Nowhere on my vehicle is the word clergy. I don't even have a fish on my vehicle. I like to wear, wear faded out jeans and a shirt tail hanging out. I hate these words. I knew he was a preacher when he walked in. If you ever see me walking like this, you'll know I've got somebody watching me. They think I'm a preacher. And if I really think they are, don't get excited if I do this. I hate to be second-guessed. I'm not a preacher. I'm a table server. And I just want God to fill me with words like he spoke. He said, the words that I speak, they're filled with spirit. They're filled with life. And what I want to serve you something today that will help you in the journey of life. I want you to contain, you know that you're a container and you make the decision of what's going to be, what your life is going to be filled with. And though I may be a handful of dirt, I choose what grows in that handful of dirt. And life is too short to allow somebody to sow words of discord in my handful of dirt and cause my life to be miserable. Therefore, with joy shall we go to the well. How do, you, how do you stay in this attitude? I go to the well every day, and with joy I draw water from the well, because the, well and the water in the well represents his spirit. And I want to be clothed with the spirit. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit, so I can say, thank you, Jesus. No matter what I may be facing. Have I ever said otherwise? Yes. Have I ever been mad? I've been mad at God a few times in life. But you know what? I know one thing. Every time I've made a mistake, as far as the east is from the west, he's forgiven me. I've asked him to. He's my best friend. Why would I want to be offensive to my best friend? And as we realize the days we're living in, as we look at the picture on television of where America is today, and as we see the, uh, the people that are so dissatisfied, in Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul describes what happens to a nation who rejects God's will for their life. How many know that America is not receiving God's plan at this time? I'm talking about as a whole. This is the reason they need a church that's filled with power, filled with praise, and filled with glory. And the reason a nation reject, that rejects God's will for their life is because of a lack of gratitude. 
Romans chapter tw- 1, verse 21 and 2 says, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Do you see America in that scripture this morning? Verse 22, professing to be wise. My heart was so broken as I saw college young people marching out, demonstrating again a new man that wants to take this, com- der- uh, this country in the direction he feels like it will be a, 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 a direction for restoration. And only God knows. I'm not criticizing him. I'm not promoting him. I'm just telling you, he just knows that we're on the wrong road and we need some correction in America. And here's what I've seen. I saw college kids emptying the college, coming out in the streets with their banners of hate and all kinds of filth on their sign. And I thought about Romans 1, verse 22, professing to be wise, they became fools. Doesn't matter where you're going to school, it's how you're living. Because of a lack of gratitude. Where is the spirit of gratitude in America today? Question number two, where's the spirit of gratitude in our church world today? When a nation becomes unglued from an attitude of gratitude, down, down, down they go. Entitlement has taken the front seat in America today. People of all ages have developed an attitude of entitlement. You owe me, you owe me, you owe me. I was told when I graduated with the class of 1959 that all the world owed me was an opportunity to apply my life and make America a better place to live. I wasn't entitled to anything else. I had received an education with some people that went to college and they provided themselves and worked much for much less uh, salary than many people worked for, and yet they were, they were there to make America a greater place, and they taught us the Word so that we could be, become productive people. But today, entitlement. You owe me. You owe me. You owe me. Listen, Jesus didn't die on the cross because he owed us anything. He died on the cross because he loved us. And he still loves us. And he still loves America today. He loves those those people that believe in entitlements. He loves everyone this morning. And he wants to express this to you and I. So as we face these end times and the closing times, this is where we go nearing the ending of the time here on this earth. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 says, But know this, that in the last days peerless times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Ingratitude travels with some pretty bad company, doesn't it? Jared, where are you? The excitement has left the building this morning. Self-love, greed, pride, blasphemy, dishonor, and gratitude. Listen, my prayer for you and for me. People must see the supernatural in our lives before the world will change. We can talk the talk. 
But when we walk out these doors this morning, we'll tell the world whether we believe and we're being taught and whether we're walking in the Word or the opposite. The world is hungry. The world is the world is 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 must see the supernatural. And as a Christian in our lives, we believe in the supernatural. But as I said in Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty, let's just pause before we walk out the door this morning, and let's give thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting ourselves one to another in the fear of God. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, Whatever you do in word or do, deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful this morning for the privilege you've given us. Lord, we want to be people with thanksgiving in our heart. We want to be filled with thanksgiving in our lives today. We want to be so full of thanksgiving, Lord, and an attitude of gratitude that we have no ability, or we have no room for the ability to grumble and complain. For with the same voice and for the same oxygen that it takes to find fault and murmur and complain, we can say, we can give thanks to God with the same breath. And Lord, today, we stand in your courtyard and we want to say thank you, Jesus, for coming to this world. We're getting ready to celebrate your birthday. And Lord, before that celebration day comes, Lord, that we've acknowledged December the 25th is just a date we acknowledge because you came to this world. Lord, we just want to say thank you for coming. Thank you for the ability that you, you came. You came because of the love of your Father. You came to fulfill the will of the Father. And that's the desire of us today. We want to fulfill the law of the Father, the word that you've given us, those things that are in the toolbox for us to apply to our life in order to live a life that's pleasing to you. Lord, give us the strength this morning to open that toolbox and begin to allow the Word of God to do in our life what you sent it to do. The Word of God is not a machete so that we can trim other people's shrub rows. The Word of God is quick and powerful so that we can use it against the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Father, today, I just release heaven's best upon this congregation. And when we leave here today, Lord, let us be pricked with the thoughts throughout the coming days. May I begin my day with an attitude of gratitude. Lord, every time we set up on the edge of our bed and we draw our first breath of air, oxygen, after we've been awakened from a night's rest, Lord, let us learn to say these words. Thank you, Jesus. 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 All heads are bowed this morning. 
closing moment of this service today, can I just ask one simple question? Are you in the building this morning and you've never met my best friend, Jesus? By that I'm asking you, have you ever invited Jesus in your life? Have you ever asked him to forgive you for sins? Have you ever asked him to become your best friend? Have you ever just invited him in to take over your life? If you're here and you've never made that decision, would you just buy an uplifted hand right up and right back down and say, Pastor, that's me. Thanks for, thanks for remembering that there, I might be in the service today. There might just be one here that's never made friends with Jesus. Are you here this morning? This will not save you. This will just allow us to know you're here without Jesus and you desire a prayer. Anyone while we wait just a moment. All right, would you stand? As we stand this morning, I want us to, uh, I want us to bow for the benediction. As we close with prayer today, I just want you to, with your head bowed and your eye closed, let me, let me just ask you to do something. Would you take a moment and think about what God has done for you this past week? Question number two, would you think about the things you really need to do him to do for you right now? You see, we serve, uh, the Bible says he's a present help in time of need. If you're standing here this morning and you're needing something fixed in your life, if you're needing something repaired, if you're needing something inside of your life that's not right, he's a present help in time of need. And here's what he wants to do. He wants to hear you say, Jesus, I need your help today. Life is so complicated, but the pastor says you're a present help in time of need. Would you wash away any bitterness in my life this morning? Would you wash away any unforgiveness? Would you take fear, doubt, and unbelief out of my life this morning, Jesus? I need your help because I, I just can't do it without your help. And our pastor says, with you, nothing is impossible. I just invite you, Jesus, to help me. I need your help today. And I want to thank you in advance because prayer changes things. And I want prayer to become a daily part of my life. And every day that I face a challenge, Lord, help me to say, Lord, I need your help today. I want to invite you into my life so that life can be what you've called it to be. I want to have a life that's full of abundance of the Holy Spirit. Father, we give all the praise to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Take a deep breath. How's that? God bless you. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, please come forward. So awesome to have you in the service today. Re remember the announcements. And we'll see you at Christmas in the country tonight. The bake sale is on this afternoon. Thank you, Jesus.